Well, good morning. This morning is Shine a Light Sunday here at NCC, and if you've been here for any length of time, uh, you know that Shine a Light is kind of a, a cool opportunity that we have uh, to highlight specific organizations that are doing some really cool things. If you've been here in the last couple months, uh, we, we've, we've seen Rahab Ministries, uh, Pregnancy Choices, and we've, we've highlighted specific areas of ministry, uh, human dignity, human trafficking, and today is all about restoration. So today we're going to highlight an organization, Habitat for Humanity, and um, I have the privilege of, of sitting up here with my friend Aaron Brown. He is the Director of Neighborhood Investment at uh, Habitat for Humanity East Central Ohio, um, and so much more than that. Like, he, he is a part of this church family. Uh, he and his wife, you probably know his wife, she sings up here on the platform team, um, Keitha, and their, their, their son Orion plays the drums. Uh, super talented family, like they're amazing. Uh, but beyond that, they love Jesus, and they believe in the mission of God and, and what we're doing here at, at the North Kent Chapel and what God's doing in this county. Um, in so much that it affects his role in what he does and how he takes the gospel um, to, to the workplace. So this morning, we have a really good opportunity uh, to highlight Habitat for Humanity. And like I said, it's all about restoration. Habitat focuses in on, on restoring the individual the family, uh, but then also the neighborhoods here in Stark County and in this community. Uh, this morning, we're going to hear from Aaron Brown. He's going he's gonna to get to share with us a little bit about the partnership that the North Canton Chapel has with Habitat for Humanity and how you can be involved in that in the days ahead. Before we go into that, though, I'll give you a brief word uh, about biblical restoration. You see, at the beginning of time, God created everything good. It was, he said that it was good. It was perfect, Right? God created everything perfect, but sin fractured the relationship humanity had with a holy and righteous God. And what happened is man started to live um, apart from God's intended ways and said, God, no thanks for telling me how to live. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do my own thing. And from that point on, uh, the, the world began to spin out of control. Throughout time, God made a plan to set things right. He sent Jesus on mission to this world, to take on flesh, to, uh, to restore us, to reconcile us back into a right relationship with God the Father. Through the blood of his cross, we have peace with God. And through the resurrection, we, we are now partakers in this resurrection ourselves. So the beauty of, of this, this work, this mission that God's called us to is that he invites us in, um, that we respond to him in faith, and that we get to be a part of the restoration of all things as well. There's an author, Christopher J.H. Wright, says it like this, that, that the mission of God is the restoration of all things unto himself for his glory. And to me, it sounds a lot like what Habakkuk says in, in chapter 2, verse 14, where he says that the earth would be filled with the knowledge of the glory of God as water covers the sea. And, and again, if you've been here for any length of time, um, we, we talk about this thing called gospel saturation, and what that looks like is every man, woman, and child owning their part, their responsibility in, in taking the gospel and proclaiming it and demonstrating it by, by their hands, by their feet, and by their voice. That God has uniquely wired each one of us to be obedient in this fashion. You see, if you've been here for any length of time, you also hear that we, we talk about making much of Jesus every day to everyone because the church is not just right here. The church is so much more than that. And uh, we get to partake in this restoration um, with, with God. 
And Aaron, you've got an amazing platform at Habitat for Humanity and uh, a great opportunity to engage with families and, and help them to see who God is, what he's like, uh, but then also get to, to really partner with them and, and see restoration in their lives. So, so Aaron, kind of from your vantage point, how have you seen restoration impact local families here? Well, first off, thank you. Um, and amen to restoration. The, the brave folks that came out here today and seeing the restoration that took place in their life, it's amazing. Um, so an amen to the North Canton Chapel. Thank you guys so much for, for partnering with us um, and, and being a part of this entire journey and, and, and helping a family in our community. And everybody in here is going to be able to be a part of that. And then you ask about my, my vantage point. That's a, that's a tricky question um, because it's so vast. And I say that... Um, at a humility, and because I, I have an opportunity, very blessed to see restoration, not only in, in the family's lives, but I see restoration in volunteers, and I see restoration in supporters and donors and strangers. When people realize that homes are not given away, that the family actually pays for it, and they get a 0% interest loan, there's a, a whole restoration of respect. When People learn about what the families go through and, and the, the 500 hours of sweat equity that they put into the, into the partnership and the sacrifices. Nicole's here. We're gonna, you're going to meet Nicole here in a second. And all of the, the a single mom working, doing the Habitat partnership and all the sacrifice, there's just that restoration of, of hope. And when people learn that, that where their money goes directly to help a build, like this is where it is going and you are going to see a life transformed in just a, a few short weeks, and a house is going to be built of stability. That's just a whole restoration of, of, of giving back. So we, I see it all the time, and it's, it, it's amazing, humbling. And I was, as I was preparing for this, realized my vantage point is amazing, and God has put me in an amazing spot and uh, couldn't do it without him. And also the restore. Amen to the restore. Literally, the restore is at our building. If you, who's been to the restore? Thank you. So all of you, have you donated or you purchased something, proceeds from that help to go build houses. That's how that works. So thank you. And um, so I think, you know, for me talking and talking, I could talk all day about restoration. But I just wanted to share a couple, just a couple of videos, um, just to share and kind of see what I see on a daily basis. The first video that we're going to take a look at is the Chester family. Uh, Nate Chester and Courtney Chester. It's a story that is about eight to ten years ago that they started building their house and they grew up in inner city Canton, and they will say to this day, if it wasn't for Habitat, they do not know where their life would be. Courtney is right now the executive director of the Martin Center. It's a local nonprofit in downtown Canton. Nate has his own barbershop, so if you need to get your hair cut, go to him. And he also is our ward council person, ward two, for the city of Canton. Like, those are huge accomplishments. It's about restoration. So let's take a look at, uh, to address the screens, take a look at the Chester family. Third Street community right up the street um, at the Martin Center, we have a church uh, just launched. Um, and I have the privilege of being the youth pastor there. Just like um, Third Street is, is like our second home, a place to go um, and build a community, get uh, kids off the street. We can bring kids from uh, the Martin Center, Third Street community onto our home and, and you know, show them how we live um, 
in the church and out know, the church. Building the home and the way that they do the ministry at Habitat, it, it was perfect for us because we were shown love with its the simple fact that they're building homes for us and we came from metropolitan housing. Um, it was just, it was a blessing from God. We're the first, you know, first generational homeowners. So just having something I know that I can pass down you know, to my kids and even to their kids' kids. It's just words, I, I don't know the words for that. It's, there will always be a need for Habitat for Humanity. Um, just the mindset of living in pu uh, public housing um, was always of how, how can we get out, how can we get out? Um, but Habitat, they're actually changed our mindset to how can we help? How can we help out? How can we build up? We just care to have our home be that light in this area. It's not just time that you will be investing or it's not just money that you will be investing, but it's, it's a relationship that lasts for eternity. It's, it's not giving anything away because as homeowners, we work for everything. And it's like just partnering with us as well as with Habitat for Humanity to help build in the community um, to help the next generation. Which is our future. It's it's given someone a chance. Mm. That's restoration right there. And they are doing well and it's just an amazing thing. One other quick video that I wanted to share that they're in their house and they're done and they're living life. And this next video is Lisa Lee. Lisa Lee is a single mom. She's in the partnership right now, like Nicole. She's gonna be starting her build in Maslin. And I just found this quick video um, incredibly touching. And you see just the impact that this ministry can have on human, on human beings. Take a look at this. To be able to provide that home for my family, um, I definitely feel like it's, it's a blessing, you know, with everybody's hard work, everybody's volunteering. And, you know, just to know that there's, you know, volunteers out there and people that are donating to help other people that they do not know. They are total strangers and they are helping me build my home. <laughs> Sorry, I said I was a crier. <laughs> but it doesn't mean a lot that, you know, there's people out here that care enough. <laughs> I know what her life's going to be like soon. It's going to be awesome. And Nicole, in your life, it's going to be awesome. And um, so there's a verse that I, was, I wanted to talk about, um, about restoration from a habitat standpoint. It's uh, Psalm 71, 20, uh, 20 and 21. Uh, Though you have made me see troubles, many and bitter, you will restore my life again from the depths of the earth. You will again bring me up. You will increase my honor and comfort me once more. That's a great verse to talk about Habitat. And we all find ourselves in predicaments and life circumstances that we didn't intend. God did not intend for that to happen. Um, Habitat families come to us in so many different ways with so many different experiences, but there's one thing that they all have in common, and they know that stability, a house, is the, cat the catalyst that, that can be a bright future for their family. So many things happen in life, life circumstances. We all have them. But we need second chances. People need second chances. Raise your hand in the, if you need a second chance. I mean, really, God, God is the provider of second chances. And foundationally, we know 
that if God is willing to offer people second chances, and if we're willing then to, to seek restoration, that we should be doing the same thing. That's really good. I think sometimes our vantage point is so limited because we get comfortable uh, in our own daily rhythms, right? And we, we don't know what we're burdened for because we've not stepped out to, to be burdened for things that are worthy of being burdened for. And uh, when you shared that verse from Psalm 70, it reminded me of, of what Jesus' words were um, in, in John 16, I think it's 33. He says, in this world, you're going to have trouble and tribulation and trials, um, but be of good cheer, right? Take heart because I have overcome the world. Like the foundation that we have in Jesus, like as believers, as followers of Jesus, we get to take that every day to a lost and dying world and help provide hope and restoration, so restoration from, from your vantage point, from our vantage point, um, God's calling us to open up our eyes, right? So from, from Habitat's uh, perspective, how does this really work out uh, for you guys as an organization? What, is, what does restoration look like for you guys, kind of your burden, your mission, your vision, all that kind of stuff? So I brought a whole list of statistics, but I'm not going to read those this morning because uh, it's, it's a lot. And, those, and that, those statistics are based on people. Um, we see this every day um, with the poverty in our, in our community, and we, we, we go after it. Our mission is seeking to put God's love into action. Habitat brings people together to build homes, community, and hope. That's our actual mission. If you didn't pick up on that, we're a Christian organization. Okay? We are also a grassroots or a, uh, a common ground ministry. So we welcome people of faith and no faith. People are people, and we're there to help. If you're willing to help yourself, too. That's, a, that's the big, crucial part of Habitat. Um, and that last part is hope. Hope is an inspiring word. It really is. And you can't get to restoration and if, if, if you don't have hope. So families come to us with hope. We come to God with hope. Our faith, faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. It's, it's hope. So being able, so this is kind of how we, as, as, throughout the process, you kind of understand what families, how, how they come to us and, and, and what they go through. And it's kind of like the restoration journey. But they first come in going, I've, I've got hope in this. Okay? So this is kind of the way it works. A family will come to us, uh, and they have, to, they have to financially apply. So they have to fill out their application. Um, so we're working with folks from 30 to 80% of the median income. Below 30% do not qualify. Above 80% typically will be able to apply for a conventional loan. So it's a small niche of people. So they have, we look at their debt-to-income ratios. We go through all of those things. They have two-year consecutive work history. Are they able to afford the house? Like I said, it is a 0% interest loan. Uh, Exodus 22, this is because it's found in all uh, Christian principles. Uh, Exodus 22, it says, I wrote it down. If you lend money to one of my people in need, do not charge them any interest. So back in 1976 when this was founded, that was the foundational verse. We've been operating that way ever since. So financially, can they afford the mortgage? $380 to $425 a month is the average monthly mortgage payment. Principal, insurance, all of it. So th th there's that. The second thing is need. You heard this, the, the, uh, the Chesters lived in public housing. The stories that we hear are heartbreaking of some of the places that people are living. It's generational, though. Generational poverty is a mindset. And a lot of people don't know that they can get out of that. They want it. They know there's a problem. They know they can't do it on their own. 
but they can't get out of it. So we do a whole need assessment to make sure, does this family really need a house? So the third thing, and this is what makes Habitat work, and this is where people go, wow, this is a lot bigger than I anticipated, is the willingness to partner. So what that looks like is for almost 18 months to two years, families are in our partnership. They're in our program. They've got to sacrifice. Again, a lot of families, they're working, single moms taking care of their kids, families, and they're doing the Habitat partnership. So it is sacrifices are the best word to use. So the first thing is we teach them how to use tools and because they're going to be using those tools on the site because they actually help build the, build the house. Um, so they're using the tools. We do a whole, we, do, we take Dave Ramsey's Financial Peace University uh, and we modified it to be a little more concrete. And we have money mentors that work alongside every family and they're learning how to take care of their budget and to plan and to save. They have to save $2,500 for their down payment. So there's that aspect and that's a five-week class. Then we have, a, we teach lawn care. You know, how do you, how do you, this is the lawn, this is your lawn, you got to take care of that as well. It's all about preventative maintenance, it's about taking care of what's, what is going to be entrusted to you and to, to make sure that you're going to be good enough and you know all the knowledge that you know to be a good homeowner. And then we took our, our, the module of our house and we broke it up into life-size modules. And we teach that over a five-week course, every aspect of homeownership from how, why the, how the furnace filters go in to, to repainting and recalking and dry. I mean, it goes into to every aspect of, of how do you actually take care of the house. So that's part of it. And then they work on other people's homes. Families work on other people's homes, and they get a chance to work on their house. And we also teach a class called Foundations because we know it. People are coming to us, and they, they, have, they have a lot of stuff. they got a lot of stuff, and maybe I've never been able to share that. We give them a platform to be able to do that. And that's a whole, that's a whole topic. Uh, it's personal restoration. Uh, you are no longer you. This is a new you. This is a new beginning. Let's restore you in a different way. That's the whole another piece of that. It's actually a really great model for discipleship because it's similar to what we see in Ephesians chapter 4 of helping people to grow up in every way, right? Helping people not just to grow spiritually but physically, uh, be contributing members of society. And... Uh, and when Ryan and I were down at Habitat this past fall, and uh, we had an opportunity to walk around with, with Beth Lechner and, and Aaron Brown, really walk through the halls and really hear the heartbeat and the vision. Uh, and we walked into this one room, and we see, the, like, this whole map of, like, downtown Canton. And they've got every house, like, pinpointed. Like, we're going after this house. We're going after this neighborhood. And it was like we, we really caught the same burden of, like, man, that's exactly what we're after, street by street block by block, every man, woman, and child having access to the gospel because they have access through us. And uh, so we really fell in love with this opportunity. And um, God gave us this, this opportunity to partner with you guys. And uh, so Aaron, if you would share just a little bit about that partnership, share about our partnership with Habitat, uh, this faith build, what exactly does it look like for us and for you guys going forward? Yep. Let, me, let me start with the location of the build. Um, because that's important, as, as Dave was talking about, uh, in neighborhood. Back in 2016, we recognized that we could make a greater impact. Now, we, we serve five counties, but we realized that we were building here, building there, and helping a family restore, but we realized we could do restoration in neighborhoods. So we called it the Renewal Project. Uh, this happened in 2016, and we are we targeting an entire neighborhood to, to build homes, to preserve homes, 
to help homeowners who had nothing to do with Habitat, offer them an opportunity to fix up their houses, demolition, lot repurposing, everything, working with residents. So this is the location, this neighborhood that we've been working in the past three years. There's, this is the location of that area, uh, in that neighborhood of the location of the build on 25th Street. Um, so that, and you're gonna, there's cards out here, and you're gonna see those in, when you come out uh, of the actual location of where this place is gonna be, the build's gonna be. Um, but, so every parent, this is kind of what this looks like, every parent wants their family to grow up in a stable environment. You, you do. Uh, and some of those statistics are children that don't live in those stable environments, they don't have the right, they don't have the good health, um, the, the education, the, the social abilities, a lot of those things don't happen. So this house is, is gonna be important for that, okay? Um, what we look at restoration is when a family is in their house. When Nishan and Carter and Nicole, when you guys go home at night, because right now they're living in a pretty unsafe environment. It's not a good neighborhood. Not by choice. It's where it is right now. This is not where they're going to be living and how you guys are going to help is a very safe neighborhood. When they lay their head down at night and know that they're in a safe home and when they can walk outside and everything's going to be okay, that's the end goal. That's restoration. And the way that you guys are going to be able to help with that, and this is the objective and this is the partnership, there are three areas. To give, to help or volunteer, and to pray. So let me explain to you the, the, how this works. Um, we have the land. It's ready to go. The family, she's doing her work. She's going through all those classes I talked about. She's been in the partnership. She's helping other people, seeing those, seeing other people be restored, and now she's ready. Nicole, you ready? Yes, she's ready. So it's, it costs around $90,000 to build a Habitat house. So when we look at sponsorship, that comes in different ways. The church is committing $50,000 of that sponsorship. Now let me explain how the rest of that is shored up. There's a partnership with the city of Canton, that's going to be funding some of this, as well as the restore. We already did the restore plug here earlier, but when you honestly, proceeds from the restore go to help every single build, as well as homeowner house payments. We've helped about 550 families. We're the bank, so when they pay their mortgages, a percentage of that is going to help. So that's the way this is funded. So the give portion, there are donation envelopes out there. You can fill them out, put them in the basket, 100% of the, what you give goes directly to the build. So you know that. If you want to take it, take it home, pray about it. And then you send it in, you can send it to the church, or it has an address on there that you can send it to us. And all of that money is going to go towards the build. So number one is to give, to help, to actually volunteer. There are cards out there, right? Like, oh yeah, that's your donation envelope. That's what you're looking for, okay? This is uh, the volunteer card. These are all the volunteer dates that have been set aside for this build. You guys are the only volunteers that are gonna be working alongside Nicole to build the house. So what you do is on the back, or it's a step-by-step -step instructions of how you volunteer. You go on the website and you sign up for the build. Just so you know, once a day is filled, it's filled, and that's it. And then that we're done. So the <clears throat> typical volunteer day, 8.30 to 2.30, everybody comes together for the day. You learn what you're gonna do, safety talk, we pray, you get to work. 10 o'clock, we take a devotion. 12 o'clock is a, is a lunch break. 2.30, the day's over. I'm going to say this, and I hope everybody hears me. 
You do not have to have any skill at all, at all. Actually, sometimes we prefer it because those that don't have any school listen to what we uh, tell them we're going to do. Um, so yes, the volunteer. Now maybe you, you can't, and you can't actually come out to the site, and that's okay. There are other opportunities to do so. You can make food for the volunteers. Like I said, we don't provide lunches for the volunteers. You can come out and be a part of that. So there's lots of ways, and there's sign-up sheets, and if you want to do something outside of just volunteering for the build, there are other opportunities to do that. The third thing, it's probably the most important thing, is to pray. There are cards out here with, their, with the family on it. In a verse on the back that I talked about today from Psalm, take one of these, put it in your fridge, pray for that. And also, these are the locations. So if it's directions on the back of how to get to the site. Maybe you want to go out there and you want to go pray at the lot. By all means, go right ahead, okay? So those are opportunities. We're going to be out during the services. Um, there are also studs out here at the main. I keep pointing out there at the main, out here at this door, and in the... Um, uh, the kids' check-in will be opportunities to do those things. But out here and here, we have studs. These are the actual studs that are going to go into the build. Okay? And you can write a, some nice message on there. Write your name, inspiration of hope. You can write on there, and then we put them up. They're going to be there, and you'll be able to see that. So that's a cool thing. Um, so Kaylee and I will be out at those places, and Nicole will be out there to, to talk about all that in some more detail. But the partnership, it's, if you guys, honestly, I'm just being really real, if you all aren't a part of that, from a financial standpoint, from a volunteer standpoint, this doesn't get done. So we've been talking about this for a few weeks, but this today is already kind of like the big day where you get to hear about it and you get to, to understand, like, what does it look like for me to now take action? Um, you know, like I said a couple minutes ago, we, we don't sometimes know what we're burdened for until we step out and try something. And uh, we believe here at the North Canton Chapel that this is something really good. Okay, that Jesus is in this and that we get to partner with Habitat to, to help restore this family. And Nicole and Nishan and Carter, I don't know if you guys already know this, but we love you guys. And uh, since the first day, yeah. A few weeks ago when we showed you guys this video, we all started to catch this vision of like, okay, what is this? How can I be a part of this? And uh, we're just really excited to have you guys here with us today. And at this time, I would like, if, if you guys wouldn't mind coming up, uh, mom and dad too, your whole family, if you guys wouldn't mind coming up, uh, I'm going to invite Pastor Ryan and Aaron and all of us, and we'll just kind of pray over them as a congregation that God would use this build to, to bless them, um, to really help set a firm foundation for them and their family. We are so excited to be able to partner with you in the days and uh, <clears throat> years to come. And we mean that when Dave said it, you're, you're part of our family. And uh, I believe that God is all over this and in this, and we're grateful to be a part of it. So just huddle up here in a circle, congregation. We're going to pray over them um, this morning. And uh, <clears throat> oh, that's good. Lord, we love you. Lord, we thank you for this family. And Lord, we pray that your greatest blessing would be upon them in these days to come and say, um, get their new home and as they get established um, in Canton in, in a new way. And Jesus, I pray that you would help us, not just on the stage to say we love them, but Lord, with, with what you lead us to give financially, Lord, with our very own hands and feet, with our gifts and skills. And Lord, we pray that you would, you would help us, Lord, to come alongside them for the years to come. And Lord, that you would continue to do a great work in their life. So Jesus, we thank you for this opportunity and we commit ourselves to this good work. We love you, Jesus. And we ask this in your name. Amen.
Amen. Amen. Let's thank them. Excited to be a part of this with you. Yeah. Sir. Yes, sir. What's up, buddy? All right. Well, um, I can't encourage you enough, you know, whatever the Lord leads you to, to do in this process, um, to do it, um, do it soon. Um, we've got, um, we need to raise $50,000 for that to happen. And so um, I know y'all can do it. So let's like, let's, 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 let's pray. Um, let's engage to that end because it, it really is going to make a difference. And, you know, I, we never, we never, we ought not do engage in these kind of activities um, because of what we can get out of it. But I promise you, if you will step out and do what the Lord tells you to do, you will be greatly changed along the way as you do. Um, and I can tell you that because I know that's how the Lord has changed me mostly in my life is when I give. God does this great deep work. If you will, this morning, stand with me in the reverence and honor of God's word. I prepared a 40-minute sermon for you today, and I'm preaching it. So, uh, (laughs) in Psalm 71, you can look at the screens, 19 through 21. Your righteousness, O God, reaches... Your righteousness, O God, reaches the high heavens... You who have done great things, O God, who is like you? You have made me see many troubles and calamities. You will revive me again. From the depths of the earth, you will bring me up again. You will increase my greatness and comfort me again. Father, would you this morning help us as we conclude our time um, here shortly together to to see the depths of the truths in this text, but also, Lord, would you revive our hearts, restore our hearts to see this world rightly, to see you rightly, and to live, live according to your riches, to your glory, live according to your ways. This I ask in your name, Jesus, amen. You can be seated. I do believe that the the mission of God is the restoration of all things to himself. I believe that is the big work that God is doing. And I think there's a big question that each of us has to ask is, am I a restorer and am I a reconciler? You see, the the reality is, is if we see the gospel rightly, we have a, a God who has restored us to himself through the sacrifice of the most valuable one who has ever been his son, our savior, Jesus Christ. There is no way for anyone in this room to have relationship with Jesus Christ, with God the Father, outside the sacrifice of his son. We have been restored. We have been reconciled to our heavenly father. Now, church, Now, you need to talk a little bit this morning because this is sort of really, really good news. You have been restored to Jesus Christ if you have confessed him with your mouth, believed in your heart that he has been raised from the dead. If you have given yourself over to him, you have been restored. You have been, we have been reconciled. You see, to the grand narrative of scripture, it's always poking at us in this room. 
and it pokes at us really, really hard. So I'm going to break some bad news. You are the religious. So when we gather on Sunday mornings, for the most part, we would be counted as the religious in this world. And the religious get poked at pretty hard because we have this thing we do. We tend to do the motions of the thing that we're supposed to do without the heart. So in Isaiah 1, it'll say like this, um, your, your sins were like scarlet, now they're as white as snow, right? This redemptive work of Jesus. But then the text transitions and it says, but you've become a whore because you neglect the broken and the hurting you neglect the restoration that I have called you to in this world. It's really strong language, and if you're offended by that, then go talk to God. And, uh, and then Isaiah 58 talks about fasting and religious ritual, and you, you fast and you do this and you do that, but then the tra- text transitions and it says, is this not the fasting I choose? To loose the bonds of the oppressed, to come alongside, to bring restoration. Jesus even says it in Matthew 25 when he's talking about the very end when the sheep and the goats, this great separation of who is righteous and who is unrighteous. And when he's talking about the, the righteous, he says, when you, you did this and you did this and you did this, you did it unto me. And they say to Jesus, Jesus, when did we ever do that to you? And Jesus responds, he says, when, when you did this for others, like when it wasn't about you, when you did this for others, you did it unto me. But see, the religious, and that's what he's speaking about, of the, actually the other side of it, the goats, they were the ones that said, we did this and we did this. Did you not see this and did you not see this? And he says, you didn't do that for me, you did it for you. It's not counted You didn't do it unto me. You didn't do it as a response to my restoration. See, in the text that we just read, Aaron referenced and read. See, in verse 19, it says, Your righteousness, O God, reaches to the heavens. This is high view of God. God, you are are huge. You are massive. Your expanse is far greater than I can. You are the one who has done great things. It's capturing this awe of an awe-inspiring God who came down in the flesh, who sacrificially gave his son, who his son, right, death, burial, resurrection, ascended to on high, has defeated death, hell, and the grave, and through him we have right relationship with God. This son who has done this, this great God of ours, who is like you? Recapturing awe of our great God. But then seeing ourselves rightly. There's not a person in this room who has not seen many troubles, who hasn't had calamities come your way. Anybody in this room seen trouble? Hardship and trouble and heartache, that's just, it's a human problem. He says, you will. This is a confidence in this high view of God. I believe, God, you'll revive me again. You'll restore me again. You'll make things right. And I believe, God, that you can set my feet, right at the end of the verse 21. I believe that you will set my feet. You will increase my greatness and comfort me, that, that my effectiveness for you will, will go forward into life in this world. See, Jesus is, 
with a man. It's in the verses in Luke 10, 25 through 37. We know it as the Good Samaritan. And in the Good Samaritan, the gist of it is this. There's this man who comes to Jesus and he says, what's the, what's the whole thing? What's, what's this whole law supposed to be made up into? And then Jesus kind of takes the question back to the guy and the guy says, well, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind and love your neighbor as yourself. And Jesus is like... Right on, man. That's, that's exactly it. You've, you've got it right. And then the guy, being a cynic, something else going inside there, he goes, well, who's my neighbor? So Jesus tells a story. And he tells a story, and it goes through. This man's going down the road. He gets beat up, is left naked and alone. And as he's left there, there's three people that come by. There's a priest, a Levite, and a Samaritan. And the Samaritan was like, at that time, would have been the most unlikely candidate to do anything good for anyone. So Jesus, again, right, he's taking those who everyone would see low, and he's exalting them high, the greatest, right? And so what happens in the passage, what happens in the passage is um, uh, priest, right, Levite, Samaritan. So here's the, the gist of it. The priest and the Levite, when they saw the man, this is what they said, and this is from Martin Luther King Jr. This is how he talked about this text. The first two said, what will happen to me if I help this man? Because it was all about them. But the good Samaritan, what he said is, what will happen to this man if I don't help? See, I think we have a, decision we have to make in our lives is will I be a reconciler and will I or will I be a restorer see even in that parable I think it's probably good stats I think about a third of the people or less are actually restorers and reconcilers because we're so self-consumed anybody with me on this you know we see it I mean have you seen the shows the hidden camera shows right where someone does something to someone's drink or something. They see, like, who's going to respond? They leave a kid in the middle of the mall and see if anyone will help the kid. And what happens? Nobody does it, right? I almost got in a fist fight in the mall this week because of something like that. True story. Uh, um, I had a moment of opportunity of was I going to confront somebody who was treating someone without dignity or just walk by and let it go? See, it's not just in what we're talking about on stage. This is all, there's opportunities all around us. And what I believe is none of us in this room lacks opportunity. We just have bad eyesight. And I think one of the prayers that could happen today, not just in partnering with this Habitat build, partnering, right, with your family, but it's a whole way of living that changes, of saying, I am committed into my life to be a restorer because I know the one who has restored me. And I'm committed into my life to be a reconciler because I know the one who has reconciled me. I am done living asking the question is what is it going to cost me? And I'm going to begin to ask the question, if I don't, what will it cost them? We're going to sing. We're going to finish our service today. These altars are going to be open. I'd invite you to come and kneel and pray if the Lord's just saying for you today to lay down, like to, to, to lay it down for sure. Maybe you can do it at your seats. 
saying, I am committed into my life into being a restorer. Or also today, make commitments and saying, I'm going to partner with this build. And I'm going to partner with this church family. And we're going to link arm and arm together to do something great and wonderful. Right? Because right now, if you're in this room, you've been given an opportunity to do just what the Bible says. Let's pray together. Father, we love you. And Lord, we believe. We believe that you are the great restorer. Jesus, we believe you are the great great reconciler. And Jesus, we believe that you came, that you died the death that we deserve, that you were buried in a grave, that you jumped up out of that grave, that you are resurrected, that you ascended to on high, that you have all power and authority in heaven. And we thank you, Jesus, for reconciling us, for restoring us. So Jesus, because of the work you've done, make us reconcilers, make us restorers. Help us to see this world as you see it. Lord, rid us of our selfishness and increase in us a selflessness. Help us stop seeing how things might affect us and help us start seeing how Lord, if we don't, then who will? Help us to begin to see life, this world, through the lens of a restore. Lord, help us to respond appropriately this morning. This I ask in Jesus' name.